Before we get to episode 186, I'd like to ask for your support of the I Can't See You podcast. Please go to iCan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon whenever you need to buy something from Amazon.com. It'll take you to the Amazon homepage where you can shop as you normally do, you check out as you normally do, it doesn't cost you anything more, and I do earn a small commission. Again, that's iCan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much, I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 186 of the I Can't See You podcast. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode, and I've got a few things to talk about, as usual. I wanted to start off today with with something that happened on Monday. I had some hot dog issues. (laughs) As I told you last week, I'm working at what I call a blind bodega. Its official title within the business enterprise program is grab and go. It's basically a small convenience store within a federal building. And mine happens to be in a building called the William Green Federal Building in uh, Old City, Philadelphia at 6th and Arch Streets, right across from the Constitution Center, Caddy Corner to the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall, which is very cool. And in fact, we drove past it today as I was going to a doctor's appointment, a post-op appointment for my cornea at Will's Eye Hospital. So Monday was just a rough day. <laughs> and I, I knew when I woke up, it was going to be difficult because when I woke up, I felt fantastic. And why would you say it was going to be bad? I knew it was going to be bad because I've never woken up and felt that good in many, many years. I woke up at one point and I was so warm, we still had the winter uh, comforter or whatever on the bed and we had shut the air off and it was very warm in our house overnight from Sunday into Monday. I was soaking wet from sweat, It it was so gross. However, when I got out of bed and I started walking across the floor, I'm thinking, wow, my feet don't hurt like they normally do. Wow, my knees don't hurt like they normally do. Now mind you, they did hurt a little bit, especially my knees. Then as I get into the, go into the bathroom and I'm turning the doorknob to close the door, I'm like, wow, my hands feel great. And I thought, I wonder how long this is going to last. And I told Liz as she was dropping me at the train station, you know, she tells me I have a good day. And I said, well, I know it's, it can't, it can't get any better. So I'll let you know what happens. And not that it was horrible, but it was, as soon as I got off the train in Philadelphia, after sitting in the air conditioning for a while, my hand started to hurt, and then I started to walk with my cane sweeping back and forth, and my right hand started to hurt a little bit. And by the time I got to the bodega, uh, things were starting to ache a little bit more, my knees, my feet, but still felt pretty good until I sat in the store, which is always like, as my dad would say, an ice box. But the air is on, and it blows so strongly in there when it's on that I am so cold. I I bring a hoodie into work every day so that I can put that on. And usually I put it on by 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. By that time, I'm so cold that I need to do something. Uh, To get warm, for example, I will sometimes go in back where the hot dog machine is, you know, the rollers that you cook the things on. I will go back there and just stand in front of it like I'm uh, standing on a picket line in front of one of those 55-gallon drums with uh, items burning in it. 
Uh, I'm not burning the hot dogs, but I did have a hot dog issue, and and it's a it's a vision issue. And here's what happened: we make three different kinds of hot dogs at this bodega, and there is a spicy sausage, which really isn't a hot dog, but it's all beef, which I think I mentioned last week. We make a regular Nathan's skinless hot dog, and we make a Nathan's jalapeno and cheddar hot dog. It's basically got the cheese and jalapenos inside. Right next to the hot dog roller machine, which I later found out it had a pizza oven underneath of it in one whole unit, which was very cool. We don't make any kind of pizzas though, which is disappointing because I think that would be something that would sell, but I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Right next to that is a big restaurant type fridge where we have the hot dogs, the jalapeno cheddar dogs, and the spicy sausage. And they're lined up like we line them up on the rollers. Again, once you put them on the rollers, it's hard to tell the difference, especially between the two Nathan's products. The spicy sausage are not Nathan's. I, I don't know what brand they are. Inside, the, on the shelf where these hot dogs are all laid out, from left to right, it goes jalapeno cheddar, skinless hot dog, spicy sausage. So the the first things I put on are the spicy sausage. They are, those in the hot dogs sell the best. The spicy sausage are better because we make more money on them. I shouldn't say we make more money on them. They're more expensive. So even though we sell less by a couple each day, they make more money because they're $3.25 and the regular hot dogs are only two bucks. So all the way on the left on the rollers, sorry, all the way on the right on the rollers, is the spicy sausage. I usually make six to start the day, especially if I know I'm gonna be by myself because I wanna make them less times and six is a good number to start with and usually will get me to the mid-morning. The hot dogs are in the middle, but we put those towards the back just so they all can fit on the rollers at once. It gets a little crowded if there's a line of spicy, then regular, then cheddar jalapeno. So, Again, usually make around six of those. The thing that we put them in, the warmer that we put them in, really can't, without really overstuffing, it really can't fit more than six comfortably. I mean, we could probably squeeze another row of four on top of the four that that face front, but I think it would squish them and not be easy to get out, so that's why we don't do any more than six. We can do four up front and then two uh, behind. And then the jalapeno cheddar, we I make four. So I put the spicy sausage on. I grab the next bag, which I double check to see what it says. And it says jalapeno cheddar. I said, okay, I might as well. I've got these. I'll put these on. I put them all the way to the left. I don't read the next bag. And, And the two Nathan's products were both unopened. I don't read the next bag, assuming somebody mixed the order up. And I shift the one down that I've already put on for the jalapeno cheddar to make sure they're in the freezer all the way to the left. I'm sorry, refrigerator all the way to the left. I open the other bag, put six on, and then put everything back in the fridge, close the thing to keep the, to make the uh, steam of, uh, and the heat, cook the dogs more other than just the rollers, and set the timer for 12 minutes, go do some other things. When I come back, I start to wonder, because both Nathan's hot dogs look identical, and I'm thinking, did I mess this up? 
did I put the wrong ones in the, in the wrong spots? And I thought, no, I remember checking and I knew the first one was the jalapeno cheddar. So I, I, I'm confident in that. Well, later on in the day, a lady comes in and says, I got this jalapeno cheddar. I'm like, oh, no, I did mess them up. And I messed up, but I messed up by assuming, and I messed up by not looking. It's difficult to read the packaging without taking my phone out. And when I'm touching the bags, the bags, after touching them, with my, with, you, you put gloves on, you have to put gloves on to handle food. So after touching the hot dogs and zipping the Ziploc bags up, they have a little bit of a, I don't know, like a slippery, you know, hot dog juicy kind of, <laughs> kind of feel. So I don't want to touch my phone with the gloves because they've got stuff on them. So once I take my gloves off, I set the timer and so forth. And I don't want to take my phone out to use the magnifier to or, or the, the reader, the uh, seeing AI, because I don't want to get my phone all, all gunky. It's, it's bad enough as it is, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. So when I go back into the fridge after this lady had come in, I take a look at both bags. Before touching them, just I use a glove, I lay them so my phone can take a picture or use seeing AI, and lo and behold, someone pulled out two of the jalapeno cheddar dogs. Now, it could have been me. I don't think it was, but it could have been me. And instead of pulling one of the jalapeno cheddar and one of the other, it was my fault for not reading both packages. Or it was my fault for reading both packages and not really realizing that issue. Now, in the morning, sometimes Kirk and Michelle come in to get things. And so maybe I was distracted when that happened. I don't know. Bottom line was, it was my fault. And I felt terrible because I knew people bought hot dogs and got jalapeno cheddar hot dogs, other than that lady. And I know they were thinking, oh, those blind guys messed up. And I felt terrible about that. And it bothered me a lot. So... It was just, it just, it left a bad feeling in me that I had made that mistake. Not that those, partially because the people got something they didn't want, partially because uh, it could cost Kirk money because maybe they're not going to come back now. Oh, they don't know what they're doing down there and, or they're blind. We're not, you know, I don't know why they're doing that. They can't, uh, they obviously can't do that. And I apologize. I'm talking with my hands and I keep hitting the desk. And so I felt bad. I felt terrible that day. Hence my Instagram reel the following day, which I won't repeat here because I have yet to curse on this. It'll happen one day. Don't, don't get me wrong. It'll happen. But for now, it's not going to. Go, go to Instagram.com slash David Benj. Again, D-A-V-I-D-B-E-N-J on Instagram and all the other socials that are important. <laughs> no, I'm not on TikTok. So I felt, I felt terrible that day when I went home. Tuesday, I felt a little bit better, although I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, you can't put the hot dogs too close to the front roller because sometimes they get hung up and they will fall off the end onto the floor, which, of course, then you have to throw out. So I had to throw out three that day. And again, I felt bad for that because I don't know what kind of markup there is on these hot dogs. And or in this case, I think they were the sausage. And every little thing I know like that will 
cost money and creates an issue for Kirk. You have to, let's say you lose three hot dogs. How many hot dogs do you have to sell to make up for those three? Now, it's not just one. So I, I, I didn't feel good. I, and again, I know it's not my money, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's Kirk's money. And I don't want him to lose it because of a dumb mistake. And again, maybe that's not my mistake. From then on, I put them all back a little bit further. Not right. I went like two or three rollers back to make sure if they rolled one or two, it would be okay. So it was just, it was just a bad day that day. And so I've been in all week, Monday through Thursday. I was in with, uh, his name is Tyler. He is a 21-year-old who moved from Indiana to Philadelphia and would also like to get into the BEP program. And we had a little bit of a problem on, I guess it was Wednesday afternoon. I had been counting the drawer down Monday and Tuesday. And the way I count things down is the way I've been doing it since I was 10 or 11 years old. And I didn't want to go to camp anymore. And my parents said, well, if you don't go to camp, you've got to work in the store. And at that time, my parents owned a supermarket in Chester. And they might have had some stores still in West Philadelphia. I don't remember. I know they opened the store in Chester in 1975. Before that, my dad owned stores in West Philadelphia, basically the way he operated an Acme or an A&P or one of the other major brands would close and move out of the city. And my dad would take over the lease and buy the, the fixtures and everything from them, from the major brand, and then operate the market. And mostly what he did, he'd open the store, build up the business, and then sell the business, basically like he was flipping the business. Uh, the longest one he owned, he owned the store in Chester from 1975 to 1980. He owned one in Brookhaven from 1980 till about 1985. All the others he owned for a couple of years or less. And that's just how he operated. He liked setting the stores up, doing business and whatnot. So before he had the one in Chester, I would on Saturdays go in with him when he would go into the stores in Philadelphia. And sometimes he had three stores at a time. There was once or twice he had four stores at a time. So when he owned three stores, we'd go from one to the other to the next and so forth. Sometimes he only had one. Uh... And that was a lot of fun to go in with him. I enjoyed doing that. And I would work with one of the guys at the store while he was doing whatever he was doing, checking up front and checking in back, talking to the meat guy. At the time, they all still had butchers and uh, everything else. Everything didn't come in prepackaged like it does now at some of the stores. Like if you go to Trader Joe's, obviously there's there may be a meat department, but everything comes into the store already wrapped and ready to go. You know, the meat department where... And my dad's stores had the bandsaw and all the other things and, and so forth, all the blood from the cutting, the cutting the meat up and stuff like that in the sawdust on the floor and so forth. And I, I liked going in. And when I told them that I didn't want to go to camp, again, 1975, 76, somewhere in there, they said, okay, well, you can't sit at home all day. You're going to have to go in to the store and work. And that was fine. I was okay with that. So basically what would happen, I would go into my dad's store in Chester. I would work in the courtesy counter at the office, selling cigarettes, of course, very healthy for me to do. 
and rolling papers, which I was told were for cigarettes. And I was always wondering, why do people buy just the rolling papers and not buy the tobacco that goes with them? And I remember asking a customer, and he started laughing. Of course, now I know why. (laughs) But at the time, I didn't. And that always sticks in my mind uh, about that. I also sold, we would have sold lottery tickets in that store, but it was, I think it was before the Pennsylvania lottery had started. And sold some other things, chewing tobacco. I mean, I guess they're all things that are bad for you. Money orders, I guess that's not bad for you. And a few other things. I don't remember what else was there. And I think the person who was due to work the front office was happy because that freed her up to concentrate on checking in and checking out the cashiers and doing other front-end stuff. And usually around lunchtime, once the person who worked in the courtesy counter area uh, came back from her lunch break, my dad and I would leave. Sometimes we would leave and go home and eat lunch. Sometimes we would go into Chester, where one of my dad's friends had a deli, a Jewish deli, which I loved going to. But all in all, I learned how to do cash register stuff then, when I was, like I said, 10 or 11 years old. And there weren't computers that told you how much change to give back. You you had to figure if it was $1.73, you had to take two pennies to make $1.75, a quarter to make two, and whatever, however many bills to get to whatever they gave you. If it was just two, then you were good with the change. If it was five, you got three more ones, and so forth. And that's how I learned to do it. Now, that's come in handy today because I can't see the register at where I work. And I don't like to rely on that because it's not always the right way because I might hit a 10 when they gave me a 5 or they might have given me a 5, but I hit 20 by accident, whatever. The cash register is run with an iPad and has voiceover on it, so it'll tell me, but I always put down that they give me exact change because then I can just touch the one spot on the on the screen that tells me how much the order was. 362, I know where to go from there. Three pennies, a dime, a quarter, and whatever, however many bills they gave me to get back to their number. So counting out is the same thing. You start at the pennies, you count down. If you have 18 pennies, you take out three. And then you count the nickels, you get to a certain, whatever, whatever you want to get to. And obviously you want to get the change to an even amount. whatever. And then you count the the notes up top, starting with the ones. If you have $12 in change, then you start at 13 with the first dollar and you go to whatever. And again, when we had the video store, we started off the drawer with $50. And we found out that that, actually, it took us a while. (laughs) It took us a while to figure out that we needed more than $50 in there. So we bumped it to $100. So there was enough money for change and we could leave uh, a couple of tens in there and plenty of fives. So if the first three customers came in and it was $2.10 for a video rental and they gave you a 20, we'd have enough in there to give change a few times. So counting down, it's one step. You count the drawer down to $50 or $100, or in this case, at this bodega, it's $235. And I'll get to why it's that amount in a second. Once you get to 235, you pull everything else out and then you count that and then you figure out, okay, here's how much money you should have, how much do you actually have? 
and the drawer Monday through Thursday is always going to be $15 short, more or less, because $15 comes out to pay for the pretzels that we sell. We get them for 50 cents, we sell them for a dollar, but we tend to sell out by the uh, Thursday, we sold out by 10 o'clock. I don't know how many more we would have sold. So if this was a place that Kirk was going to keep, it would be a good idea to look into super pretzels or something that he could make there, just like we make the hot dogs there. Because then we could add some. If we run out, we could keep adding. But he is going to be, he took this place over on an emergency basis. And within the next couple of weeks, we will be out of there. Somebody else will be running it. And then I will move on to Kirk's place at the IRS building right across from 30th Street Station in Philly, which I'm kind of looking forward to because it's a much shorter commute, obviously. It's right across the street. Right now, I walk about five blocks. But back to the drawer counting. On Wednesday, Tyler wanted to count out, and I was watching him count the drawer, and I said, he hands me the money. He said, okay, here's the deposit. I said, oh, do you have 235 in the drawer? He said, no, I didn't count that yet. I said, well, how do you have this money? You don't know if this is right or not. And he went through it with me and I said, you're doing every, it's backwards the way you're doing it. I was trying to stress how you're supposed to count a drawer down. This is his first retail job. He's worked in warehouses and he's done other jobs, but this is his first retail job and he does a good job. He's very friendly with the customers. The customers like him. Not sure they like me. <laughs> and I'll get to that in a second. And I think he's going to do great as he gets older. I opened the video store when I was 21 or 22. So I know he can do it if he's able to get into the whole BEP thing once it reopens. They're saying that it's not closed, but you can't do anything right now. And it's you can't do anything since COVID started. Well, I don't know how long they're going to wait. And I know I've complained about this uh, more than once. And anybody that's in the program now, but not open with a location has to start over. And anybody trying to get in now, of course, has to start from the beginning. And it hasn't, there's no way of starting now. That was the point for working with Kirk. It's helping him, but it's also helping me with training so that when the program does open, I will need a lot less of it to get started. And that is always the thing, as I was telling Liz today, the whole thing with the BEP is it doesn't cost much to get going. Basically, the inventory that you use, whether you're doing vending or a grab-and-go uh, or a cafeteria or whatever, the inventory is your only cost. The other cost is much more valuable than money. A lot of people don't think so, but the other investment that you're making is time, and it takes a lot of time to get into this and get open. It could take years. And that's a problem when unemployment with blind and visually impaired folks is around 75%, when overall unemployment is only around 35 4%. That's a huge difference. And... I just want to get going in something like this, but you've got to be patient with this. So I'm trying to teach him, Tyler now, I'm trying to teach him how to do it so that when he does get a place, he'll be able to go forward. And we were going back and forth. And, I, and again, I have that Hernandez tone, which I've talked about before. And maybe, it's, maybe I'm 
giving it Hernandez credit when it shouldn't be Hernandez. Maybe it's Ellerby, which was my grandmother's maiden name. It came from my mom. There's no doubt about it. And my mom's maiden name was Hernandez. That's why we call it the Hernandez Tone. Again, it could be, maybe it's not a Cuban thing. Maybe it's an English thing. That's where my grandmother's ancestors are from. I can, most of them are English. There is one Irish uh, person in that mix going back to the mid-1600s. Wherever it's from, it's not, it's not good. And so at one point when I was talking to Tyler, he said to me something like, you know I'm not slow, right? And I said, no. I, I said, I know. I'm not criticizing you. I'm criticizing the process that you're doing. And if this is how Kirk told you, it's wrong. There's no way around it. It's wrong. And the way he was taught to count the drawdown was to take all the change over to this change counter, dump it in, count how much was there, and then get new change in rolled form for everything else. And that's where the $35 comes in. Two rolls of quarters, two rolls of dimes, two nickels, and two rolls of pennies. I think that only works out to $33, but... That's why he goes to 235. By doing it that way, you're adding extra work. You're adding extra work because now you've got to count that change in that machine, and then you've got to roll that change. Meanwhile, you're going to the bank and buying more rolled change because it doesn't happen every day that you're rolling that change. And so it's more work and you don't want to add more work. You want to work more efficiently. And I, I can't stand in business. I remember one time when we were at salon supplies, we got an order of hooded hair dryers. You know, the ones, if you go to the salon that you sit under and I know you can hear Ziggy running around in the kitchen. They just got back from a walk. So I apologize about him. <laughs> I think he just got two carrots. And when we got the order of dryers, I was mad because it was only Liz and I in the business that day. Liz was working the cash register in the beauty supply section. I was on the sales floor in the showroom for all the equipment, as well as handling any kind of deliveries that we got. And we typically didn't get a lot of deliveries. But when we did, they were big. We had a standing order of 50 hooded hair dryers. And if I remember correctly, we could buy 25 at a time. And as soon as we bought the first 25, the next 25 would ship within a certain amount of time. I don't remember how much that time was. So on this day, it was April of 2006. On this day, it was the opening day for the Phillies. So the main cabinet maker was going to the Phillies game. So he took the day off. The person who worked the front counter usually. She took the day off or something. And we had a guy that was out on long-term injury. He had an issue with uh, something. I don't remember exactly what. And actually had a blood infection. And I, I don't know how close he came to dying, but it was pretty bad. And he was out for quite a while, probably uh, six months to a year. I don't remember what caused it, but uh, he was out. And when he came back, he just wasn't, he just wasn't the same. So it was just Liz and I. And we also had a part-time guy that also didn't come into work that day because 
We didn't have, I think at that point, we didn't have any orders that needed to be built as far as salon furniture, which is the main thing that we did. So it was just Liz and I, which is fine, except for it made unloading the truck difficult. The hair dryers are big. The boxes are about three feet tall by probably uh, 14 uh, inches by 14 inches. Maybe a little taller, maybe a little shorter, whatever it is. You can't fit many, maybe four or five on a hand truck. So what I was doing with these dryers, I was bringing them in and putting them in the cabinet shop, around all the equipment in the cabinet shop, and then later, once the truck was completely unloaded, I would then take it upstairs. I hated touching something more than once because that takes extra time. And I hated doing it that way. But that's how it was. Just like with the drawer, why would you count out the money, take out the money that you're supposed to have in there and then count the drawer down and then go back and figure out what you need to do? If you count the drawer down, you're, you're only doing it once. You're counting the drawer down. You know you're right in the drawer. And then you can go back and count the money that you have and you see exactly how much shorter over. As well as having the change in there, you go through less change. And the next day, and I felt bad when he said that, all my walk down to the train station after, after I left, I felt bad because I thought, you know, I didn't think I was that critical of him. And I kept telling him that it's not you, it's the process. And I know you got to trust the process, <laughs> but that process was wrong. And I was trying to tell him and show him the right way. And the next day, sure enough, he came in and he was talking to, I think he said his uncle, who's also got a location in the BEP. And he said, my way was the correct way. And that's what his uncle told him. It just doesn't make sense to do it any other way. I, Liz and I talked about it. Jane and I talked about it. Jacob and I talked about it now. Now, when Jacob and I talked about it, he does it the same way. And that's how he was shown where he works at the co-op in Swarthmore. It's just not the right way because then you're going back and forth with the drawer instead of making being done with the drawer when you count it down to the right amount. Now, if you're off by a whole bunch, you have to go back and check the drawer maybe and double check that it's correct. But otherwise, you're done. And the only thing you need to worry about is the cash that you've pulled out. So I just felt bad and I thought there were two things that I thought. Was my tone that bad, the Hernandez tone? Or is it that the way kids react today, earlier today, Jane is home for the 4th of July weekend, I will say something that may be a little critical of something she's doing, and she says, don't yell at me. Meanwhile, I'm using the same voice I'm using right now on Friday night, <laughs> the 1st of July. And if that's the case, and I was talking to a friend and, and he was saying, Kids today just sometimes are a little, take it a little too personally. So I don't know what it was. It was probably, again, it was probably me. I don't doubt that. But I did feel bad because I, there's no way that I thought that there was something wrong with him. I just thought that he was doing it the wrong way. And that's the way he was shown. And that's, that's how it was. So it was a, a difficult couple of days. In between, I had a, I had a decent day. But it was, Monday and Wednesday were, were tough. And then 
it was a little slower on Thursday, so it's boring with two of us there. Two of us are not needed there. It helps when you have to make the hot dogs because the thing is in the back. And you can't watch the front when you're in the back. And there was a point on Wednesday that I noticed a bag of Swedish fish were missing. I noticed it was missing because we only had one. And I thought, what? Somebody stole from us because we're we both visually impaired. And they thought, oh, we could steal this bag of 50 cents or a dollar bag of Swedish fish because he can't see what we're doing. And fortunately, somebody found it. Michelle had found it. She's one of the other employees that usually has been working at the other one. She's the only sighted one of the four folks that work at these places. And it was in a box under the Twix bars. It was in the Twix box, and there was a Twix bar on top of it. So when I just went through looking, of course, I didn't see it. Had I been feeling, I would have probably felt it. So I felt good about that. And it's funny because the day that I noticed it missing... A lady was buying a, a drink or something, and Tyler was asking her, is this your first day back in the building? Because a lot of people were saying, oh, this is my first day back after two years. They've been working from home since COVID started. And the lady said, no, 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 I've been here ever since the, ever since the protests in 2020. Crime, doesn't, crime didn't stop, so we had to be here. And again, the FBI has offices there, and that's... <laughs> So I, I said to uh, I said to Liz, maybe I'll ask the FBI girl to take a look and see what happened to that bag of Swedish fish. I'm sure there's not a lot of other pressing issues, but fortunately, Michelle found out, so I didn't have to ask her. So it, that kind of upset me also uh, on Wednesday because I thought, who's going to steal from the blind folks? So it, it was a difficult week. Now I haven't worked a full week yet, and I am just exhausted all the time. Uh, I was off today, Friday, because as I mentioned earlier, I had a post-op checkup on my cornea and it actually went pretty well. I was happy with the way it turned out because my vision has been a little weird and it turns out my uh, pressure is a little low, uh, interocular pressure it's called, and it was, I think today it was at four. When I had my appointment with my retina guy a couple of weeks ago, it was at six. So we're maintaining the steroid drop, which is also so it doesn't get rejected. But all in all, things were good. I, I could see the 2300 line, and I asked the person who was doing the letters for me, I said, and I, I couldn't see one, I said, what line is that? And she said, 2200. I said, could you put the 2250 line on? And she said, this room doesn't do that. For the hundreds, it only goes from 300, 200, 100, you know, and so forth or going the other way, 500, 600, 700, whatever. So I was disappointed because I'd like to see if I could see that. Now, I did struggle to see the 2300 line. It was, I knew it was either an F or an E, and I couldn't quite make it out, and I stared at it long enough that I figured out it was an F. And uh, I was happy with that. And, and the doctor, Dr. Ayers, who did the surgery, he liked the way everything looked as far as the cornea goes. And he was happy because sometimes the medicine, this steroid, will bump the pressure up. And that's not happening. And when the pressure goes up, that's an issue because of the glaucoma. The glaucoma causes uh, the pressure to rise, which then kills off the optic nerve, and then you lose that vision forever. Can't fix it, at least at this point. So that appointment went well. And it was funny because as we were driving down the way we drive and get off I-95 into... 
uh, Old City, Philadelphia, we drive right past the entrance to where I work, and I, I showed Liz. I said, you know, let me know when the Constitution Center comes up. And, and I kept looking to my right uh, when she said, okay, here's the Constitution Center. I said, okay, now look to the right and look for a fountain. And she saw the fountain. And I had taken a selfie, if you go to my Instagram account. The day after I posted that reel, uh, I posted this blind selfie. And it was the only day since I've been there that the fountain has been on. And that's why I took it. The day, the day that I took it, I noticed it on. I said, oh, I'm going to take one with it on. And it hasn't been on since because there's been nicer days. The sky was a nicer blue the day I actually posted it. So as I mentioned, I've, I haven't worked a full week. Last week, I only worked three days. Kirk's weeks go from Wednesday to Tuesday, which I don't get, but that's how he does it. That's how he does it. This week, I worked Monday to Thursday. Next week, I'll work Tuesday to Friday because Monday is a federal holiday. The building isn't open which is good. So that's nice. And this weekend, I have a lot of time to work on the websites. I'm just about done blindtechshow.com. I just have, I've, I've saved the hardest parts for last, which is editing the images. I've got to resize them. And uh, I, I got a couple of ideas from some folks uh, on how to resize them quickly and easily. Uh, it's just hard because I can't see them to, to see if they look okay and I'm always worried that I'll do it and they won't look good, but yet I still use them and I worry about that. Brian has a lot of great images uh, from over the years for some of his events and uh, things that actually are on Getty Images and, and stuff like that. So I've already got one up there with uh, Brian and Jerry Seinfeld. I know I have one with uh, Brian and Robert Klein and a couple others that I have to post yet. A couple more things before we go. Uh, one of the people who have have been shopping at the store, I'm sure before I got there and after I'm done there, asked me one day, last Thursday I wore my I Can't See You podcast t-shirt because I grabbed the t-shirt off the rack and Liz usually washes them inside out. So I just thought it was a black t-shirt. So when I turned it inside out, I saw my logo and I don't didn't feel too comfortable wearing it, but I was rushing for time. So I put it on and people were asking me about it, which I thought was pretty cool. One lady asked when she saw it, she asked me and she said, oh, what's your podcast? And the next day she came in and she said, I couldn't find your podcast. What's it called again? And I pulled my phone out, which my phone case also has the logo on the, sh on the case. And she said, oh, I think I typed it wrong. And so the next day she came in and she said, and she's been telling me her husband is blind and I wanted to give it to him so he could listen and so forth and so on. Well, it turns out this guy emailed me and his name is Joseph, and he does a lot of the same things that I do. He, before he lost all of his sight, he was doing web and graphic design. He has a podcast, which I have yet to listen to, called Pattison Ave Fanatics. And I'm interested to hear it, but again, this, this poor guy emailed me back, and Joseph, if you're listening, I, I do apologize. And, and I said it to his wife a couple days after he emailed me, he said... He, she said, I think he emailed you. I said, yeah, I saw it. I went through it and I marked it as unread because I didn't have time to respond. I don't want to respond on my phone. And I'll get to that in a second. Why I don't want to do that. Because I tried it on the train one day and it was horrific. So he's telling me all these things and he, he was asking my advice for a couple of things. How do I do the web design? And, and it's not easy, as I mentioned before, doing blindtechshow.com, I clicked the button inadvertently, whether my finger twitched when I was trying to find my cursor, whatever it was, when I was trying to zoom in, 
I have a mouse where I can use, the back is like a trackpad, so uh, I can hold down a key on the computer and then um, swipe up with one finger and zoom in or swipe down and zoom out and so forth. So whatever I had done set me back because I clicked the button and I couldn't do something or it, didn't, it wasn't working right. So I then made all these changes and it still wasn't 100%. And I posted, I posted a question to some friends and one of them got back and said, hey, did you check this? Did you check this box by any chance? And I went and I had to find the box, found the box and saw that it was checked. Well, when I unchecked it, then I had to undo all that other stuff that I did. So it sent me back around 10 days. So we're pretty much done. I had shown Brian how to add the episodes and it was, he did a great job at it because he knew the episodes better than I. He could just look at the title and say, oh yeah, I remember this and here are the tags and here are the categories. I had to, in most cases, read the whole blog post and in some cases, if I didn't have everything, I would start to listen to the show. And they're, they're so funny that sometimes, even after I had all the tags, I said, oh, let me just listen to this one bit. And, uh, and so that helped me up too. Um, but there were other issues along the way. There were, there were a handful of issues, 10 or 15, where none of the links worked within the show notes. And I don't know what, what the story was. There's a great way to bring in the episodes from Lipson, who he uses as his host, to the website. And I'm looking forward to, once I finally get around to doing White Canes Connects episode, or I'm sorry, uh, website, that I'll easily be able to bring them in. And as long as all the links work, I should be good to go. And it should only take me a couple of minutes per episode to bring in. And right now we only have about 40 episodes. Well, it will be 40 once I, <laughs> once I, uh, Edit number 40, uh, which is with someone named Maisha Allen, and I'll get to that in a minute. But back to the iPhone. So, so Joseph, I know if you're listening, I do owe you an email. I will send you something out this weekend now that I have a couple of minutes. It has just been tough trying to get this website done. I'm working on another website called flightforsight.net that has to be done uh, for next weekend, I believe. Hopefully I'll be far enough along that it will be presentable. And I enjoy doing it, but it is sometimes difficult getting content from the client to put on the site, even once the design is done. And that was an issue that I had more than once when we were back doing this full-time, when Dan and I were doing this full-time, waiting on content and waiting and waiting and waiting. And sometimes we'd have nothing to do and we'd be waiting on a client to give us content. And then they would give us content just as we got another job. And then they wanted it right away. But we had this other job that we started because they were dragging their feet. And it, that's one of the issues with doing web design work and doing new sites or redesign sites. Now, I mentioned iPhones and an issue that I'm having with email. And the reason that I didn't respond to Joseph's email while I was on the train. I was replying to an email that was sent to me about Real Blind, I'm sorry, Blind Tech Show. And I dictated it. It came out okay, but it was, hi, Brian two and a half sentences, and then it started off, hi, Brian, again, with 
the rest of the email, including those first two and a half sentences. And I don't know why it did that. There are times it would get words wrong, and we were talking about images. One of the things I was talking about was images, and I said alt tags, and my phone heard it as old tags. So I don't know. I used compressed air to try and clean it fairly frequently when it does stuff like this, but it's just not... I don't know if there's something lodged in there and I've got to do more, but it was horribly bad when I did this dictation. Besides that, there were other there were other mishearings of words and phrases. So I thought, you know, I can't send this. I dictated a short one or two sentence email saying that I would get back to him after I got home when I could type it. And when I got Joseph's email, I thought, you know, I can't respond. This is the first email with him. I'm not going to dictate it and then have to spend an hour fixing it, and I'm not going to know if it's even right. Between all the other announcements on the train, I'll have to start over, and I figured, you know, best that I wait until I have a minute. So I've left the train to short texts and just listening to a podcast or looking for news events or whatever. And I don't know if the issue with the phone is because it's old, because it's been dropped, because Ziggy's had it in his mouth whatever. It's an issue. And Brian said to me the other day, he said, you should get a new one, although new ones are coming out in the fall, so maybe you should wait. At this point, that's, I I don't really want to get one now because I don't want to get one now and then have a newer version then. Uh, I don't get them often. The one that I have now is a 10R. So obviously not yesterday that I bought it, almost four years. And I'm okay with it otherwise. I mean, there's some other crazy things that it does, but it is what it is. And the new one doesn't change much. The dictation is a little bit better when I get a new one and so forth, but uh, all, the, all the other crazy things, there's, there's always issues with voiceover and things like that. One day I was reading, trying to read on Reddit, and I had deleted the Reddit app because it is just horribly inaccessible. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to go to the website, and I'll... I was looking for some audio equipment. As I had mentioned last week... I want to do something called surrounding sounds like Nathan from uh, I'm Moving to Italy does on his podcast. And of course, I wouldn't call it surrounding sounds because that's what he calls it. I'll figure out some some kind of name that kind of coincides with not singing or take a look at this or uh, whatever. I'll come up with something. But I think it would be a very cool idea. And there's a lot of cool things that went on this week, whether I was in the in the store or walking to the train um, or the fact that I missed out on <laughs> on uh, Hoagie Fest by Wawa. They were right across the street at Independence Mall handing out hoagies. And I, I think I heard on the news it was 20,000 hoagies they handed out that day. And I was so close. <laughs> Not that I would have eaten it probably. Um, but just to be there and see, I know Preston from Preston and Steve was there. And that would have been cool to see him. And... Uh, and say hi for Liz. Liz loves that show. In fact, we listened today when we were going to the appointment. And um, and it was cool that it was that close. As far as Reddit goes, when I was looking for this equipment, I was frustrated because not only is their app not accessible, but their website isn't accessible. Button, button, button. What's the button do? I didn't know, so I got fed up. I just shut it down. I shut down Safari on my phone and I tweeted about it. How about accessibility or something at Reddit? And um, Allison, 
from that Real Blind Tech show almost immediately re- replied, you know, there's other apps out there that you can, you can do that on that are pretty accessible. And I, I don't know why I never thought of that, but I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciated her quick response. So once I got to the business, because trying to down, I tried to go to the app store on the train, and I don't know how many people were on the train, but I'm, I'm guessing that the 5G service was a little slowed by all the folks on there. So when I got to the bodega, I thought, let me try and take a look. I downloaded something called Apollo, and that was pretty accessible, and I was able to look for the equipment. And I, I'm just looking for some sort of equipment that I can use without using my hands and that I can record as I'm walking to the business, as I'm walking back to the train on the business while I'm on the train. One day the train lady was so unbelievably hard to understand and I'm thinking, I didn't realize Charlie Brown's teacher was still alive and was now a train conductor. And about five minutes after I thought that, the lady behind me says, boy, Charlie Brown's teacher doesn't sound too good today. And I thought it was funny that she said that. So obviously she, <laughs> she was probably my age or a little older, a little younger, but in my ballpark. And I thought it was funny. It was, it was just unreal how hard it was to understand. Next stop, Morton. And you could barely understand what she was saying. It was just unreal, and I would love to have that. Love to have that on a recording so that I could play it as a new segment on the podcast. Because I like the way Nathan from my moving to Italy uses these sounds. Sometimes it's him talking to someone in a shop and him speaking English, and the people in the shop speaking Italian. Um, and I'm only 13 episodes in out of the 75 or so episodes he's done. But I do love it. I love that. I love the podcast. So again, I'll, I'll put a link. I'm moving to Italy. Whether you're just looking for a uh, something else to listen to, or you have a you have a want or desire to move to somewhere outside of the U.S. If you're in the U.S., uh, it's a good podcast. I like the way he does it, and uh, he seems to be doing well. At least 13 episodes in, he's doing well, and I'm sure a lot better than I did 13 episodes in. And again, that was quite a while ago. That was probably. Uh, probably March or so of 2018, 2019, 2019, I guess. So once I find something, I'll let you know, and you'll hear it because I'm going to have a segment of stuff that went on. Um, and some of the things that go on in the business too, we had a guy come in the other day, obviously he was joking. He said, uh, could I borrow a straw? I'll give it back when I'm done. And he was a guy, there's, again, there's so many different kinds of folks that are in this building. This guy was a one of the security folks uh, that stand at the metal detectors at the entrances of the building. And uh, he's pretty friendly. He comes in pretty often. And uh, so it's, it would be cool to get all this stuff and play it as part of the, po- uh, play it as part of the podcast. Again, I don't want to have something where I use my hands because I've got the cane in one hand and I don't really want to wave a microphone around in the other because it's my left hand, which is always swollen and and whatnot. So once I find something, once I have a minute to take a look closer, I found a few things uh, in a couple of Reddit uh, posts that I will go through a little more thoroughly over this weekend once I do web stuff that I have to do and once I edit this podcast and once I edit White Canes Connect. So I'm excited for that because I'm, it'll be a lot of fun. And again, Joseph, I know you're waiting on a response. I'll respond to you as well. In the meantime, I'm going to check out your podcast, Patterson Avenue Fanatics Show. And I did mention episode 40 
of White Canes Connect, we're talking to a lady named Maisha Allen, and she wrote a book, Navigating This Thing Called Life, basically talking, kind of like the podcast, we're talking about things that went on in her life and being a blind mother and, and so forth and so on. And uh, so um, I'm looking forward to going back and listening to that. I know there's a couple of big chunks I have to cut out of that because we were talking about things that blind people are underestimated. And I was talking about when I go through security at the building, they don't really give me too much. They just wave me through. I've got a big backpack on my back. And I know they know me from coming into the store, me coming into the building every day. But what could I have? I could have something crazy bad in the bag. And, and just like we were talking on White Canes Connect, which I'm going to cut out, but I can say it here because there's, <laughs> I, I, like I said before, I'll let just about anything go on here. I always thought about writing a book. It would be cool to have a book about a blind serial killer or a blind um, bank robber or whatever because nobody would suspect the blind. Oh, no, he's blind. He couldn't do it. Uh, just like I know when that lady returned that jalapeno and cheddar dog. Oh, it's he's blind. Uh, they, she, why is he even doing that? He shouldn't be doing that. So, again, that's going to be episode 40. We talk about her writing her book, navigating this thing called life. And uh, that should be out hopefully by the 4th of July. The, the book is already out. You can buy it on Amazon. <laughs> the podcast episode will hopefully be out by the 4th of July. Maybe even the 3rd of July if I can get a lot of other stuff done. And that will depend on some web design stuff. So I do appreciate you listening to episode 186 of the I Can't See You podcast. I love doing this show. I appreciate you for listening. Remember, if you have questions, comments, show ideas, please reach out. You can reach out by email, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. And again, remember, I am really behind with a lot of things because of the 11 hours that I'm out of the house each day. It doesn't give me a lot of time when I'm home to respond and do other things. Uh, so again, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. If you want to email me, we've also got the phone number 646-926-6350. You can leave questions, comments, again, show ideas, tips. If you do something around your house, if you're visually impaired and you think other people should know about it, I mean, let's not get creepy here, okay? <laughs> I mean, things that are positive. You do something in the kitchen a certain way or whatever it is. Uh, not creepy. <laughs> Again, 646-926-6350. I really would love to hear from you. And again, as long as the audio quality is pretty good, I'm going to put it on a show. And uh, remember to leave your name and your town if you do leave a voicemail. And you can just leave your first name if it's something you go crazy and you want to tell me off and all sorts of bad things. I'm okay with that. But please give me your name, your town, where you're from. That's all I need. Again, I really do appreciate you listening to the I Can't See You podcast. Show notes are available at ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 186. Remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence. It's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 186. Thanks again. Be safe. Stay well. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.